Veterans are used to giving everything to help others. When they come home from war, sometimes they need help. These are the organizations that give back. These are the heroes that help. Welcome to Heroes That Help. I'm your host, Captain Bob. Now, you may not think that lawyers are the first thing that popped to your mind when you think of heroes that help us vets. But when it comes to dealing with the VA and disability claims, sometimes a lawyer can literally save our lives. Now, for full disclosure, the lawyers that I interview in this conversation are from Goodman Allen Donnelly. They are a sponsor of our show, and they're a sponsor of our show for a reason. We partner with them because they are rated so highly in the Charlottesville area, and they help vets. They help vets all throughout the state of Virginia, all throughout all 50 states, and worldwide. And they're going to answer a lot of questions that many veterans have regarding VA disability claims. If you know a vet, this is the one that they want to listen to if they're fighting the VA. Enjoy. Hey folks, this is Captain Bob with Coming Home Well. We're able to do these podcasts solely from the support of you, the listener. And of course, while we appreciate you going to ComingHomeWell.com and clicking that donate button for a quick and easy PayPal donation, I invite you to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash ComingHomeWell. By becoming a monthly supporter, even as little as $1 a month, that provides these excellent podcasts. So head over to Patreon, go to ComingHomeWell on Patreon.com and become a supporter of us, become a partner with us, and you can help us help veterans come home well. I am with two amazing attorneys at law from the law offices of Goodman, Allen, and Donnelly. For full disclosure, they're a sponsor of ours because, hey, why not? Being a sponsor is cool. And they're supporting the mission. They help vets get their disability. If you have a vet that has an injury or can't work or even has trouble getting out of the house, this is the show that you want to listen to. I'd like to say welcome to Aaron Ralston and Nancy Foti. Hello. 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 And I am so glad that you're both with me today. And Nancy, I know you drove longer than I did for this interview, so I really do appreciate you so much more than Erin. <laughs> Thank you. Please don't sue me. No, she's my boss. I appreciate her a lot more. Oh, than oh, there we go. Too. <laughs> she paid me to yeah. say that. She paid me to say that. So one of the biggest challenges that vets have is not necessarily filing their application or winning their application, but just that very first step of them feeling like, well, I don't deserve this because I came back healthy. I lost my buddy or I know a buddy that lost a limb. Um, and that prevents a lot of veterans from even coming to you guys in the first place. You've worked with vets for years. What is a good motivator for those veterans who do have some type of a disability? Ah, you didn't plan for this question, did you? <laughs> but that's really the first step. And, and you are the experts. What would you say to that veteran or the family member about how to get them on the phone to even call you in the first place? Well, um, I think it's really important for um, what I try to uh, explain to people is that a lot of the times they have to look to the future. So they should be looking out for their families because a lot of the times when they establish a disability now, they may even get a very low disability rating assigned by the VA, but that's okay as long as it's service-connected. That is the first challenge, overcoming that. And once you're service-connected and you get to a certain level, you can um, – you, you're um, – 
your dependents can be can also be eligible for certain benefits as well. So I think that a lot of the times um, people forget to look to the future, and I think that's a really important um, motivator because a lot of times, as once they've been service connected for a long time and they're getting to the end of you know their lives, they start thinking about their families and their dependents and their wives and what are they going to do when they're gone. So I think this is an important step. I think also too. We see it quite ha- happen quite frequently where a veteran will come back and their knee bother them a little bit in service, but maybe it's not that bad. They can still work. They can still do things. But, but 20 years down the road, it's going to bother them a lot more, and it may impair their ability to do simple tasks from driving to sitting to standing. And I think it's important that even though it's maybe not uh, that bad right now, it's not always going to stay that way. You mentioned that a lot of veterans have some type of a pain now, but you know for the future... Uh, it may hurt them worse. Is it harder to get your VA approval for disability like 20 years after you separate? Or is it easier right when you get out? Or what's the proper time for them, for the veteran to go and contact the VA and say, hey, I think I have a problem. I think the military induced it. Uh, we, We might need to get this checked out. I think the sooner the better. Uh, if you are in the process of being discharged from the military or Um, if you will be getting out soon, there are a lot of rules in place that if the veteran files the claim or develops the condition within one year of discharge, um, they may not have to submit as much medical evidence to to win the claim. So, of course, the sooner they file the claim, the better. And and oftentimes we'll hear people coming back with maybe a bump or a scratch or a little pain, but it's not that bad so they don't get treatment. And then 20 years down the road, they're trying to fill in that gap and say that, that, well, their knee problem is because of service and not just because of old age or maybe a car accident they had 10 years after they got out. So the, the shorter window between the time they get out and the time they file, um, it tends to make it easier. Yeah, I would say also, you know, I guess it also depends on how good record keepers <laughs> people are because obviously the more records you keep and um, it makes it easier to get service connected even in the future. But so many veterans, particularly Army, when you mentioned record keeping, they don't have records because they didn't go to medical when they had an issue because they were told to drink some, you know, eat some Motrin, drink some water, take a knee, and soldier on. Do they have any options? Because so many friends of mine are just kind of give up with, well, there are no records, so I'm not even going to try. Well, actually, they do have um, a lot of options. Um, I think that this is a, a big um, of the misconception out there. I think that a lot of veterans may feel, you know, how am I even going to prove my case if I don't have any any evidence? But the evidence can also that is the one nice thing about the VA is that they do allow the veterans to submit lay evidence, um, buddy statements. Anybody who they have met, they can supplement the record. Uh, trying to, if somebody, for example, um, you know was hurt in service, it was never recorded, but somebody saw them fall and hurt themselves and take Motrin for the next, you know, two months while they're in service, um, that is actually evidence that can be submitted in support of the claim. You know, I've been doing this for years and I've never heard that. They allow buddy statements. Do they have to be sworn and notarized and all that? Nope, just a simple letter. Just an email would suffice. An email, yeah. A wife's statement or or family. Maybe a veteran may have written home while they were injured, Mm -hmm. and they may have written, you know, their mother or father. If they can get a copy of that letter and they still have it, then that is something that they can submit as evidence. 
Okay, so far that is probably the, the greatest thing that I've heard this week. <laughs> but it's Monday, so <laughs> yeah. don't, don't get too get happy there, Nancy. <laughs> we still have a few more days. No, that is pretty much the best thing I've heard. I have a lot of people that I'm going to call after this interview. That was, um, okay. So you both are experts at this. How do people find you? I want to make sure that we, we touch the contact points before we run out of time on, on, our, uh, on our show. Uh, well, we do have a toll-free number they can call. It's 877-VET-1010. They can also look us up online. You can either look under Goodman Allen Donnelly or we have a website just for the Veterans Benefit Group. They can go there. Uh, Vet1010.com. Yeah, Vet1010, Vet1010.com. Vet yes. mm -hmm. um, at what point in the process, because we follow our claim with the VA and then the VA says no. Is that when you contact the lawyer or, because a lot of people say that's the time that you contact a veteran service organization, a VSO, such as the Legion or the VFW or Vietnam Veterans of America are the big three I always hear of. Uh, what point do they contact a lawyer? Um, well, um, the best time is probably um, when they have received a decision and they are ready to file their notice of disagreement. Um, now, you mentioned that they can file when they when the VA says no, but actually they can also fight for the disability rating or the effective date that they've been granted if it's not far enough. So there's laws, you know, that establish when that could be, uh, but they can always disagree with the effective date or disability rating if they've been granted something or if they've been denied. I remember for me, and I don't want to get too personal, but I was denied for years. And I remember being told that I had one year from the date of denial to file a disagreement. Yes. If a Vietnam veteran's wife or a child is hearing this, I mean, that was 40 years ago, 50 years ago. And if their claim was denied in the 70s, do they still have a chance? Should they refile? Should they contact an attorney? Or should they just, nah, screw it. It's been this long. It doesn't matter. No, they can absolutely file to reopen the claim. There'll be an a, a, a an additional initial hurdle where Easy they have to, to it is <laughs> it just rolls right off the tongue. Um, they will have to submit something called new and material evidence. They're going to have to submit something that wasn't in the file at the time of the last decision and something that relates to one of the reasons why the VA previously denied the claim. But once they overcome that, they can get the case reopened and they can move forward with it uh, and submit all different types of new evidence and hopefully win the claim. Now that sounds complicated. Mm -hmm. This is not an infomercial. I'm not to try to sell. I have a ton of lawyer jokes, so I'm definitely not trying to sell law services, even though you guys do support the mission. But there's so many people online on Facebook. I'm a member of a lot of veterans groups on there. And the civilians don't know the phrase barracks lawyer, but boy, us military dudes do. And a barracks lawyer is somebody in the bunk next to you that has Google and has a friend that went just through that same thing and knows how to, how to do it when... You say that uh, new and material claims, it sounds complicated, but I know the barracks lawyer is going to say, oh, just contact my buddy down at the DAV or the VSO or what have you. Um, for something with that great a distance or a complicated issue, is it better to do the lawyer thing right off the bat? Because a lot of people are concerned about cost and VSOs are free. They are free. I think that initially, if they want to file the claim to reopen with the VSO, the, the VSO may be good to help get some of the paperwork together, the claims forms filed. But once the, the veteran gets a, a negative decision on that claim, that's when I think it makes sense to have an attorney come in because we can help 
really quickly identify legally what's going to be required from them, what the new material evidence needs to be. We can help gather it, in, as we were talking about, buddy statements or medical opinions or things like that. Um, and we can help submit those arguments uh, because it will be a legal argument at that point if the evidence is, in fact, new material. Or... Yeah, even with other claims, um, veteran service organizations are great, mm -hmm. and they're very helpful to other veterans. We um, work with uh, veteran service organizations sometimes when they have a tough case and they want help to try to resolve it. They'll call us, and um, so we try to have a good relationship with them. But uh, but the one benefit I think about having an attorney versus a VSO is the fact that we, because we've been trained in this area and we understand how the regulations are written and how to interpret those regulations, we can quickly identify what evidence is needed, how to write it up. You know, we can submit an argument. We have doctors that we can explain to them what we need and how to write the medical opinion. We can't tell them what to say, but we can say why the opinion is needed and in what format that V is looking for. And I think that those, and we, because we're a law firm, we have resources that some of the nonprofit organizations don't have. And so, and I think that that is really um, a big difference. And we can probably expedite, you know, in some ways because we can get to the claim. You know, we're trying, if we don't get paid, if the veteran doesn't get paid, we don't get paid either. So, you know, we need to be as efficient as possible as well. Goodman Allen Donnelly has several offices. I know you drove up from Norfolk and the Hampton area has, you know, 5,800 military bases down there. <laughs> uh, and we're sitting here in the Richmond office and then there's also an office in Charlottesville in the downtown mall. Do you only handle cases in Virginia or in the region or nationwide? We actually uh, handle cases worldwide. Uh, we have <laughs> veterans in all 50 states, uh, Puerto Rico, um, the Philippines. Got a uh, client in Thailand. <laughs> Thailand. Uh, because why Dutch. not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, we have them all over. So we've had a veteran even in, in, in Belgium, I think. So uh, we do. Anywhere there is a vet, we can help. Those must be the worst work trips for y'all. <laughs> there, I throw y'all in the live broadcast. Do you like that? There you go. We were talking about this. For, for, for you listeners, we were talking about this before, about, about having to say y'all because we're in Virginia. We're talking with Aaron Ralston and Nancy Fody, attorneys at law at Goodman, Allen Donnelly. You can go to Vet1010. That's Vet1010.com. Stick with us through the break. We have a quick word from our sponsor that helps pay for the podcast, and we'll be right back. Are you a veteran with questions about a VA disability claim? The Veterans Benefit Group of Goodman, Allen, Donnelly has experienced attorneys who have helped thousands of veterans from every branch of service and from all over the globe get the benefits they've earned. The veteran's appeals process is complex. You deserve an aggressive advocate who understands how the system works. If you have a question about a case, please call us for a free case evaluation, 877-838-1010, or visit our website, vet1010.com. Welcome back, gang. We're still talking to Aaron and Nancy. They have not thrown too much stuff at me yet, just a couple coasters and maybe some peppermints because my breath is terrible. And this is, we're now in the podcast only zone. So you guys can totally drop the F bomb. I'm kidding. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Then I have to put like the little MM sticker on the front of the podcast. No, I don't want to do that. Um, okay, so now we can get into nitty gritty details about things because lots of questions. SSDI versus SSI. So many vets, I was asked this question just last week. 
A veteran has a lawyer. I know, don't you love these scenarios? You're not giving me legal advice. A veteran has a lawyer. The lawyer has said, since you're over 50, you can get your SSI now. We just have to do all the application, blah, blah, blah. My response was, I'm 43, and at the age of 37, I got SSDI, the disability insurance, not the retirement insurance. And he said, what's SSDI? My lawyer hasn't said anything about it. I said, how much is your lawyer getting paid? $6,000. Will he get paid if he does SSDI? I don't know. I've never heard about SSDI. So that's a big confusion point, not only for this vet, but for a lot of vets. And we're going to talk specifically about this vet. Oh, I don't know. Let's call him John <laughs> because he'll listen to this podcast. His name isn't John. <laughs> and is, is the SSI versus SSDI a common thing that y'all see show up? Or do you often see fully disabled permanent and total veterans that do qualify for SSDI? You won't be giving legal advice. We can be as... No, no. Okay. I will tell you that uh, we we generally, I mean, we don't do Social Security benefits. Uh, we only stick to the Veterans Compensation and Disability. But um, I, you know, briefly know that um, I is my understanding that a veteran can receive both. Um, the disability, you know, so um, I think... The, the disability, they can apply for it once they become disabled. So I think uh, it's important that they apply for whatever benefits that they're entitled to. Um, I will say that for VA purposes, uh, the VA will offset some of the disability if they are looking for pension benefits. So pension and compensation are two different programs, disability programs that the VA offers. So for pension purposes, because it's all based on income-based and a veteran does not have to be service-connected, but they have to be 100% disabled, they will offset any type of Social Security dis uh, benefits that they're getting, even if it's disability. For compensation purposes for the VA, they are able to receive compensation in any type of other disability benefits. Income's not a factor. Income's not a factor. Okay, so regardless of income, you can go ahead and apply. Yes. But if you have an income of some sort, then uh, you say the word offset, and I kind of glaze over a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So let me I'm good at again. five things. <laughs> Social Security is not one of those five things. Well, I'm sorry again. Okay, so with, with VA pension, which is basically a program for um, non-service-connected people that are low income, that are 100% okay. disabled. So let's say a homeless veteran that has a full disability that is not right. so, service-connected. Correct. Okay. And so they can apply for pension benefits. And um, as long as they meet the eligibility that we just talked about, and they have been, I think they were, they needed to have been um, in war for a period of 90 days. Um, and they can apply for disability, I'm sorry, for, for pension benefits with through the VA. If they're also receiving Social Security disability, because it's, income ba it's an income-based program, uh, VA will discount the money the that, amount they're that they're getting for they're from VA pension. Correct. Okay. For, for, from Social Security. So they can't get both. But if you're getting VA compensation. Compensation is almost like what I like to refer, almost like the workers' comp of the military, which is VA compensation benefits. Those are not income-based, so you can receive both. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> Sorry. See, and I always say I get CNP, but really I'm only getting compensation for 100%. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting pension. Correct. Brilliant. 
I learned something today. That's the <laughs> second amazing, that's the most amazing thing this week. I'm gonna be saying that all day. Can we go like, three for three here? Wait, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The, 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 the guy at the little quickie mart down the road might have a sale on Cokes. And I might say, that's the most amazing thing I've heard this week. The bar's pretty low. Love you, Nancy. You're awesome. I try to have fun, you know? It's just, it's so strange to see lawyers smile and laugh and I'm nervous and make sure yeah, no more lawyer jokes. Okay, Erin, no you were going to say? No, I was going to say one thing that's uh, that when we're looking at disability or compensation cases, we want to know if a veteran's receiving SSDI because while any decisions from the Social Security Administration are not, the VA is not bound by them, it is evidence that may help us prove to VA that in fact a veteran is as disabled as we are arguing that he is. So it's always helpful. Yeah, and I think that is a misconception that a lot of veterans have with regards to 100%, and I'm going to call for uh, unemployability, which is what we in the business call TDIU, which is uh, total disability based on individual unemployability. So the acronym is TDIU. And um, a lot of veterans believe that, well, I'm getting sort of security disability, so that means that VA should just approve me. And that is a big misconception among veterans, and we always have to explain to them that Social Security, um, the criteria for Social Security is very different than VA, and not when one agency is not binding on the other. And so, therefore, you know, only because Social Security approved you does not mean that VA is necessarily going to approve you. So, although it's a factor that they take into consideration, they may not come out with the same decision. So, with all the screwiness that the VA has been going through lately, and we. Our listeners know the screwiness because I love to highlight it on the show. <laughs> um, what is the backlog like? Because 10 years ago, there was a backlog that was, it took me seven years uh, when I got out in 2007. But has the backlog improved? What can people expect when they come to you as a, I know it's situation specific, <laughs> but reality, are we talking months, years, probably not decades, but hopefully not decades. Um, I can say right now is it all regional offices are a little bit different. I think that they, um, but now the VA is kind of shifting their cases. They have a national queue where they, so they're trying to speed up the system in some, in some, in some ways. But, um, I think that a notice of disagreement, once you file it, it may take a year to get any type of response. A year or more. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it really just, does depend. Yeah. And then if you continue to pursue the appeal up to the Board of Veterans' Appeals, um, we know right now they're working on cases from 2016, so they're a few years behind there as well. Uh, of course, a lot of our clients have cases that have kind of pinged back and forth between the VA and the Board, so there may be some things to speed it up, but it can take a few years. Part of the process, and I have to keep relying on my own anecdotes, of this whole VA disability thing is when you get rejected, rejected, eventually you can appeal to the point where it goes to a board. Now, back when I got out, there was a huge backlog for the board and there was a traveling judge. The traveling judge would go around and this judge was the board. Um, the judge denied me for my vertigo and Meniere's disease because, quote, I don't see you walking with a limp or a cane regardless of what my VA medical records stated that, yes, I do in fact have many years and it doesn't impact me weekly. Um, if someone has the option, because they send you that letter, you can, you can choose the traveling judge or not, or you can choose the mystery box over here. Do you recommend, 
would you suggest, oh, I can't ask, suggest or recommendations, can <laughs> I? Do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea to take the traveling judge if you're just doing it by yourself like I did? Well, um, I'm going to answer this because I think that that is one of the benefits of hiring an attorney and is um, we, we can assist veterans at those hearings. Uh, I think it's important for, for people to understand, though, that the hearing, like you mentioned, it is an optional thing. And sometimes it's not the most beneficial for a, in a case. So many times when the case gets to the point where you need to hire an attorney, it's a lot of times it's based on the medical evidence of what you have. And unless you're going to a hearing um, with a doctor by your side, <laughs> um, it's very difficult to say anything at those hearings that is going to make a difference for a veteran um, that is not represented or... You know, so I think that uh, one of the nice things about having an attorney is that we can analyze the case and we can talk to the veteran and say, you know, in my experience, I think that we can probably present the evidence that you want to present through maybe a declaration or maybe we can do something else that maybe not have a hearing because one of the pitfalls of a hearing is because it is a very informal setting, as you probably know. Um, when they ask questions, they sometimes ask open-ended questions or they just let the veteran speak. And sometimes that could, unless a veteran knows every single piece of evidence that they have in their 4,000-page volume record, um, you know, memories get fuzzy and they just may say something that is not necessarily accurate and that could derail the case. So it's always, I, I, you know, I do believe that it's one of the benefits of having an attorney go through the file explain, you know, and we may be able to strategize a better way to get the evidence or get whatever the veteran wants on the record and not necessarily get a hearing. So in a sense, you clear the mouse traps from the room before the... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> a lot of vets will also say, well, I'm just going to write my congressman, my congressperson, and have them deal with it. And uh, because if there's a congressional inquiry, they have 30 days to reply. Is that a better option than hiring a lawyer or no? See, the, all the questions aren't just jokes, Nancy. <laughs> I have hard questions. I really am a journalist, I swear. I promise. I have a card somewhere. Uh, no, I mean, I think that asking your congressman to inquire about the status of your case is fundamentally different than having an attorney look through your file, identify what pieces are missing, and help you get those pieces to move it forward. The inquiries from what we see when we review the cases, are really nothing more than a letter or an email asking what the status of things are. And the VA will respond to that with, oh, we're really backlogged, or oh, we, you know, we've been trying to get these medical records. But those kind of inquiries aren't going to help the veteran identify what's missing and get what, he, get what they need. So, um, We've been talking about VA disability benefits. Are there other VA benefits that you help veterans obtain? Uh, whether it be GI Bill, Voc Rehab, for dishonorable discharged veterans to get that discharge reversed? We primarily do disability. We, we have helped with um, vocational rehabilitation. There are some, we call them 1151 claims, but they are really kind of a tort claim against um, the VA if there's a medical facility, if there's some kind of negligent treatment. Um, to the extent we don't actually, when a veteran is trying to get a discharge upgrade, they actually need to go through um, the DOD, the 
board for correction of you know military records to try and get that changed and we don't uh, currently assist with that but there are a lot of instances where a veteran will get an other than honorable discharge and that puts uh, kind of shifts things to the VA where they have to make a character of discharge determination. So there's a little bit of gray there. We can make legal arguments about whether the reasons for the discharge were actually dishonorable or if they should be considered honorable and whether that creates a bar to benefits. What do you think is the most important thing for a veteran to consider or to know with regards to getting a benefits attorney? Does it sound like a final question? I was trying to make it sound like a final question. <laughs> it's a very broad question. Very broad. Y'all are looking at me like I just farted in the conference room. <laughs> wow. I did, but I didn't think you heard it. Um, I'm a very serious man, as you can tell. But, but just last last thoughts. Considering everything that you've told the veteran, really, is there anything that we haven't told the vet who's listening right now? Uh, besides the website vet1010, that's vet1010.com. Operators are standing by. <laughs> you know, um, I would say that um, I think the primary thing that I would want to caution veterans out there is that, you know, it's very uh, fun <laughs> and even between ourselves to joke around how the VA is just like terrible organization that, you know, but I really feel like um, there are a lot of good people that work at the VA that are trying to do the best for the veteran. Unfortunately, because it is not very clear, it's a very uh, cumbered system that it's it's hard even when you get those VA letters. I think for veterans, it's difficult to understand. And it's difficult to understand what kind of evidence is needed or why the VA is even um, denying the claim. So a lot of times my clients will say, well, I already gave them everything that they need. So I they just need to make a decision. Well, the reason why you haven't been granted is because there isn't everything that everything that is needed has not been provided. So I think that um, uh, many times veterans, I think, um, need to, that's one of the primary reasons why an attorney is helpful because we can help weed out all the junk from the letter or from anything that the VA is asking for and say, well, this is the reason why the VA still needs this disability or this evidence to grant you your benefits. And then we can work together to get that. And I think, um, that is probably the biggest question or uh, complaint that I receive from clients is to say, you know, I've given them everything and they keep sending the same stuff over and over and over again. And that is just not helpful because that's not what the V is looking for. So. No, I would agree with that. I think that the VA is a very complicated system, a very complicated system. And even though it is proclaimant and there are a lot of rules that are in favor of the veteran, most of the veterans don't know those rules. The VA is not explaining those rules to them. They're not really making it clear what their next steps are or should be. Uh, and I think that's why it's helpful to know, to have an attorney who can look through the case and say, is it that the veteran hasn't submitted something or is it the VA is not appropriately applying their own rules or following their own procedure? Very good. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. Uh, again, I've been speaking with lawyers Aaron Ralston and Nancy Foti with the law firm of Goodman, Alan Donnelly, and they help people in Thailand. So they're probably going to be able to help you. If you are in an exotic locale, they might even take the case pro bono. I'm kidding. Just so they can get like Belgian chocolates or, or what have you. Uh, but check them out on their website, vet1010.com. The only reason that I asked for them to be a sponsor of our radio show is because they have such a high esteem in the Charlottesville community as well as Virginia. So 
basically, they're, they're good at what they do. And had I known about this many, many years ago, I uh, would not have had any of the financial pitfalls that I had. Um, so thank you, ladies, both so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know our listeners appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, you so much us. for having us. And that's our episode of Heroes That Help. If you know of an organization out there that's helping veterans and first responders and you want them highlighted on our show, email us, heroesthathelp at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all the socials at Heroes That Help. Heroes That Help is a product of Coming Home Well, a nonprofit dedicated to helping veterans come home well from war. Check them out on comminghomewell.com. If you liked this podcast, go ahead and hit subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast from. And share it with your friends. Spread the word about these heroes that are willing to give their time to help us veterans after we come back from war. I'm your host, Captain Bob. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. Cheers.